Hello and welcome to a very special episode of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host Tom and I'm joined by my co-host Patrick. Hello Patrick. Good talk. <laughs> and uh, WNK's sound engineer and resident ginger, Jack Griffin. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> Why is this a special episode of US? Well, while this is the second episode of WNK we're recording, it's actually not a regular recap and review show. Today, we will be doling out some awards in our Best of 2020 show as we find out who this three-strong crew here at WNK has deemed the best AEW talent of the year in their respective categories. Are you guys excited? Super excited. <laughs> no, I am. No, really excited. Really excited to talk about a really good year from AW. Like, they had some uh, ups and downs like everywhere. Uh, but I think like all and all and yeah, like Tony Khan managed it really well for being a second year, then having a pandemic, having also an unfortunate passing of a superstar in there. I think in terms of how promotions have dealt with the pandemic, AEW have at least come second to New Japan, if not one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And New uh, Japan has the has the advantage of being in Japan with people yeah. who comply with the rules way better than... <laughs> we talked about a little bit about that Western in our world. first episode, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, wait, should we dive right into it then? Because I would say, um, do you want to talk about like your favourite moments? But I'm sure we'll get into that as we go along, and if not, we can tack it on to the end. So shall we go straight in? Let's go. Okay. Uh, the first envelope I have in front of me, yes, I have envelopes. Um, <laughs> we uh, we don't cut corners here at WNK. The first one I have is uh, Worst Wrestler of the Year, but it feels a bit negative to start off with that one, so I'm going to put that for second. First award for Gimmick of the Year. You hear that? You hear the envelope opening? Yeah, I've got my yeah. nominations on here. I know you asked for yeah. three, so I've got my three on my so I can see if any of mine actually won. I did. I'd say give me a drum roll, but uh, maybe we can add that in in post. I'll, I'll edit that in. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is... This is where you put the drum roll, Jack. Abaddon. Uh, not many surprises there. What What do you guys make of Abaddon's gimmick? Uh, Actually, I'm surprised. You are um, surprised. Are well, you not, surprised? Not, not, not surprised because she deserves to win, but from the ones that I've put down, like I put Dark Order down, and I thought that was a very strong one. And I, I, yeah, when I, when I compare, but no, very worthy winner. Um, we do have some runners sure. up here if you guys would like oh, to okay, get the runners yeah. up. Well, actually, In let's third... quickly talk about Abaddon yeah. because... I mean, we I think we deserve to. What? What a Jack, Jack commandeering the podcast here. I'll, I'll turn this and duties over to you. <laughs> no, just no, just really, really strong gimmick. One that everyone. I'll do. I'll do, I'll do sound engineering now. We're in. Uh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> just no, just a strong gimmick. One everyone got aboard with. One that at first sight people could have been easily like turned off by and just like cast her out. But now she's worked her way up. The I think that's then. the point. I think that's why the gimmick's so good because she's generally repulsive to look at, and I mean that exactly. in the nicest way. Do you know? I've never felt. I don't think I've ever felt as um, genuinely unsettled by visibly by a gimmick ever. And I'm a 30 year old man, and you know, there were um, definitely some you know scary gimmicks when I was a, a child where it would have been more likely to affect me. But like now, I'm like, oh my god! Like you know, it's uh, she's terrifying. Well, yeah, what do you think, she Patrick? Goes, yeah, she goes a little bit in the direction of Kane, Undertaker, or even the Boogeyman. Uh, I'd say in this direction, but a little more. I don't know, like with a real horror touch in it. Um, yeah, I like that, that that she won. Like she's number second on my list. Orange Cassidy would be number one, but I put her up well, for number two because she's great. Well, we should uh, go into the runners-up then because you will hear that one. Number three, we have Orange Cassidy. I uh, in third place. I think if I think if it was 2020, 
sorry, 2019. I think if it was 2019, Orange Cassidy would be the runaway winner. Um, absolutely. He, he would have been mine, casting my mind back to 2019, the gimmick of the year. Hands down, I mean, The Fiend would probably be up there. Speaking of unsettling gimmicks, I think he probably, I think he debuted in 2019, did he? Um, uh, Ray White's Fiend so, yeah. gimmick. That sounds about right. Um, so he'd probably be second, but Orange Cassidy would have been first for me. Because, um, I mean, that was when he was just so over with that gimmick, you know, um, showing up at Double or Nothing. Yeah, number two, and I think this is for his uh, his presidential gimmick, is MJF, which, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That I can see that also. Hilarious. I, I love that. Great. I, I put him, yeah. I think, as second on my nominations. And yeah, I just, the reason I put him down was purely for that presidential gimmick. I thought it was genius. I liked the way they'd done it. It wasn't usual sort of way of building up a match, but it was clever. Um, I liked the sort of, extras they had the kind of side crew to mjs presidential team yeah um, they, they had their own characters with lee and, yeah that, uh, that was oh it was lee it was lee we quoted <laughs> and, that yeah. for ages and stuff like that just <laughs> added to it and it was really suited to mjf really well i thought what was the name of the girl he kept telling to smile i forgot i, I can't remember i don't know i'm Patrick... hearing it it's on the tip of my tongue yeah. yelling, yelling Wait, at i'll her. see if i can google it mjf um but she was later after she got fired, so she was in the audience for uh, yeah, I remember seeing her there. That, like that made me that made me wonder when that made me wonder whether she was a wrestler or not. But I haven't really seen her since yeah, because, yeah. like, maybe, why, maybe. why would they be keep? <laughs> I was wondering why they keep her on a retainer if uh, if she was not a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Nina, Nina, there we go. Um, but who yeah. is she? Did you also find that out? Uh, no, um, I'm on Squared Circle, and to be fair, the article's just some guy um, beating it down the whole gimmick, but the okay. they're talking about some Sounds of the rest about of right for Reddit. Yeah. Um, but the storyline, they mentioned two of them, obviously Lee was the one we just mentioned, Lee Johnson, that is, actually wrestles on Dark yeah, um, quite a lot. Um, so that was a, together there. Yeah, and it just says Nina, it doesn't say anything about a surname, um, and I can't imagine, I've not heard her on Dark or anything, so... I think it was just casting just for the role sort of thing. The mysterious Nina, if she's listening, hit us up. So I've also got a third guy left, but I, I don't want to talk about him now because he will, I think, pop up later also. In, I'm, in sure the he somewhere. I'm sure he yeah. will. If you picked him for something, he'll probably show up. Yeah. Because you, you have a keen wrestling mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've talked about MGF a bit too much there and neglected Abaddon. Abaddon, yeah. Great gimmick, um, regardless of the match on this week's Dynamite, which I had a lot to say about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so our next award... And a lot of dedication for, for a gimmick. That's also very important when you see that. Very she true. puts a lot of effort into building that character. So our next award uh, is... This is the one I was going to go with first, um, but we will go with it second. Worst wrestler of the year. This is an exciting one because this is our only uh, negative award. We like to keep it positive here on WNK, but uh, we had to have this one in because uh, the Golden Raspberry Award, if you will. So let's get it open. Had a bit of trouble there. And the winner is. Japanese deathmatch legend Luther. <laughs> yes. Couldn't be anybody else. Yeah, I mean, oh, no. just coming off the back of last week where he botched walking across the ring, I 
I can't even with this guy. What, what, what do you guys make of that result? No. Did, did any of you guys ever see him wrestle like in his in his prime? In quotation marks, please. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I uh, can't say I have. No, me neither. So I, I don't know how he was in the past, or how he's been doing in the ring, but he is in ring from his in ring style. Use uh, yeah, N nothing. He, there's nothing he can add to it. Like even like the building. The, no, 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 nothing. Like uh, Serpentico is with him in a team now. You're like ah, oh, maybe he can help him get up, get him over or so. But I, I don't know. I didn't get it. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be on the mm. younger talent to be getting over a guy like Luther, to be honest. Chris Jericho wanted him as the leader of the Dark Order. Talks about it on Did his he? podcast. Yeah, that was yeah. that was his pitch to Tony Khan, and thank God he listened. No, cool. Didn't listen, sorry. Cool. Um, That's good. Yeah, no, I mean, it. sorry, go on, Jack. Oh, no, I was just about to say, um, Luther is someone we've got to leave back in 2020. Like, Patrick <laughs> offers, offers nothing to brand. Don't even cut a good promo. I've not heard him. And his, his gimmick's not even good it, it's weird it's one of those when he comes in the ring points points, points at his points yeah, at his temple yeah sticks his tongue out it's just weird and he, yeah he botches even walking across a uh, ring and i think even i could do that better than him so you yeah. know like it's just yeah let's leave it in 2020 um yeah. and he was deathmatch wrestler now he's not doing yeah. that now so deathmatch wrestling doesn't have to do much with professional mm. wrestling like but really in ring skills so yeah, it depends, really. But if you have a deathmatch wrestler, like, for example, Joey Janela made a really good transition from a deathmatch wrestler to a real wrestler who can perform in the ring instead of just... I think that's what... I mean, we, as Excalibur always reminds us, he is a legend, apparently. But um, I uh, I suppose that he, I wouldn't consider him a legend. I'm probably showing my ignorance here because I haven't heard of him and he's, you know, apparently a legend in Japanese deathmatch wrestling. But when I think of deathmatch legends, I think of guys like Joey Janela, I think of guys like Nick Gage, and these guys can actually wrestle as well. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, Jimmy Lloyd's coming up now, but I, to be honest, I haven't seen him wrestle in enough matches that weren't deathmatches to say. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it definitely does. I mean, of course, helps to be able to wrestle, but as you say, um, it's not being a good wrestler isn't a necessity to to. Um, I mean, Sandman wasn't wasn't the best wrestler, was he? But he no, uh, no. But he had a good gimmick. That's it. Not to be in with when he had his surfer gimmick, because that's what he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, right. he kept the name. That's what I always liked about him. He kept the name. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so we got some runners up for you. In at number three, Nyla Rose, and in at number two, Brandy Rhodes. I'm not, I'm well. I'm not surprised about Brandy. I did actually put her down yeah. as um, nomination because she, I don't. She's not wrestled that much, but I get it as well because she has because she did that tournament with Ali, didn't she? Um, where do we even right. start? Nyla Rose. Firstly, um, I just personally don't like her. I know I put her down second. I'm in, on my nomination. Um, actually, above QT Marshall, which is just a personal thing. Um, but yeah, that was my first. But yeah, Nyla Rose. I just don't see her as a good wrestler, especially. Uh, when me and Tom watched, was it was it actually no? It was full gear when we all watched um, her match with Sheeta. She, she, she was showing tired. a lot of ring rust. I mean, yeah. in that in that match, she had the same problem that I had with Luther in um, in the tag match with Chris Jericho on the uh, Chris Jericho anniversary show. In that they both looked like they were moving in slow motion. Mm. It yeah. just didn't look good, did it? And and I don't really like the whole teaming up with um, Vicky Guerrero either. Um, Again, that's just personal. I could see people who could be on board with it. Um, but it just doesn't seem to work for me. Um, and then, yeah, with yeah. Brandy. Oh, where do you even start with Brandy? Countless bad ideas she's had on part of the company. Uh, 
Nightmare Collective has got to be the number one, which actually Luth was going to be a part of. So that's um, a bad like. gimmick. What other Brandy Road bad gimmick? Um, someone try and... I, uh, I'm not going to... I... <laughs> I'd have to be very uh, as a as a white male talking about when she um, changed oh, her, sp- yeah. her speech patterns, if you will. I'm gonna tiptoe around talking about that because that is a minefield yeah. waiting to happen. But it's just odd. It's just yeah. odd when she she'll like change up because because things like that aren't exactly a gimmick. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's, it's just cha- changing herself um, and her in ring presentation just or out of ring presentation. Sorry. Yeah. Although she even though we nominated her or. Given her second worst wrestler of AEW this uh, last year, um, congratulations on having a baby with Cody. That is congratulations, some posi- Cody yeah, some positive right. to come out of it. Um, They've got a new we, puppy as well. Yeah, so we we love Cody. <laughs> I mean, people do love Brandy. The only thing was heels. Brandy's idea. I think it was. Um, which yeah. I like. I like the idea. It's, it stands good, but I, I just find it the only time they ever promote it is during a women's match. Um, which yeah. you, some people it would makes think, sense, I suppose. Yeah, it makes sense. But if it's something you do really want to push, I don't know why they just do it when they only have one women's match each dynamite. Mm. I don't know. No, it's yep, um, that's true. I, I I think maybe build a women's division worth talking about before you launch the place to talk about it. <laughs> Definitely, and they are not really offering stuff. Okay, I, I, who are we to say we are male? So <laughs> yeah. I don't no, know. Again, it's, it's, it's the a, target yeah. group is like they're doing like. Uh, live camera uh, stuff talking to each other and doing live plays like here i don't know um, among us and so let's play stuff and and board game nights and so i'm like i don't know like how the engagement especially for women is given there you know i also like there was a huge uh, backlash on the name heels because uh, high heels are seen by feminists and so like a real uh, anti-feminism thing and yeah i don't don't really know about that how, what what to think about it i think it's a nice thing they do an ex- exclusive club but i cannot I mean, see right now the like uh, how it's driven to women directly but maybe that's okay maybe maybe the fact it's not taken off huge is okay because then it keeps it small and i'm sure there's people engaged in the community who've you know got a nice little well, community going, do you know what I mean? So keeping it small. But um, Heels, the name, is probably pretty much the only thing I can get on board with without I think it's quite clever. But uh, yeah, Brandy Rhodes is not our uh, worst wrestler of the year, just our second worst wrestler of the year. And uh, Luther is number one. Our uh, next award, I can't really say because it's Holy SHIT moment of the year. And I've done really well in not swearing since we started this podcast. So I don't have to put the uh, explicit tag. In fact, Jack, if I say it, can you bleep it in post? It'll be. Uh... Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, here is the award for our Holy Shit moment of the year. I feel naughty saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is. Of course it is. Of course. Of course. <laughs> no one um, would have expected that. Like, really, like, no one. I wasn't expecting that. I'd stayed off the dirt no. sheets. I, I went crazy on my couch and marked out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. How familiar were you with Sting's work before AEW, Jack? Uh, you're a recent, yeah. relatively recent wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, I, I knew of Sting. Never actually seen any Sting matches. So that's something I've obviously got to do for myself which i'm sure people will be cussing 
at me when listening like how have you not seen the sting match uh i'm because i'm a new wrestling fan so i've not seen a lot of old stuff but yeah knew who sting was probably didn't mark out as much as you two because you guys probably knew him more but i was still excited because i liked what he could offer to the brand AEW, especially seeing as was he the top selling shirts um, oh yeah, when on, it first came on out, Shop AW, yeah, stuff I think like Brady that. Lee's tribute one outsold it, but oh yeah, no. but um, but yeah, and stuff he can offer storyline wise and experience and backstage, and I just think it's a really good addition, and I love that Tony Schiavone is Sting moment, and I know we talked about it in the last episode about how it's sort of worn off a little bit now his yeah. entrance, yeah, but that's not to say you know it's still not exciting, and I know you guys especially and. Other AEW fans will still get chills every time it happens. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what you were mentioning there about, uh, you know, not seeing Sting matches and what are the best Sting matches. And to be honest, when I cast my mind back, the best memories of Sting and the best moments of Sting were, weren't were really in matches. They were, you know, in, um, uh, you know, programs with the MWO um, and doing stuff outside of the ring and showing up in the rafters and pointing his bat at people. Essentially, he's kind of doing now what he always used to do, but um, I feel there should be a bit more variation there. In fact, I um, made sure to pull up uh, an article, Conan. um, I'm sure Jack might not be familiar with Conan, but um, not Conan, uh, Ginger Conan. Conan, um, the wrestling manager, Uh, said something that kind of echoes what we were saying about Sting, because I knew we would be talking about Sting today. Or did I? Did I seal the envelopes? (laughs) Why why would I sit here and seal envelopes myself? Um, He said, I get along with Tony Khan, but they they are mistakes, man. They are rookie mistakes. I'll give you a good example. I had this discussion on my podcast. When Sting came out the first time, there was a guy on my podcast who told me he just came out and did nothing. And I said, well, he doesn't have to do anything. He came out and it's a surprise and it's Sting, man. Then the second week he told me the same thing and this time I told him that he's right. That's why the ratings dropped so much because the guy has been out three times and literally they haven't done anything. I mean, they have had three chances to make a breaking news bomb with this guy and he haven't done anything. So yeah, I... uh, I read that after after we'd recorded our podcast and talked about it, and um, you know it was quite heartening to see someone in the industry share the same opinion about it. They they definitely need to do something more with it, but you know, deservedly number one. Yeah, I'm sure they will as well, like all in due course. But they have, I don't know whose idea it was, whether it's Tony's or someone else saying let's prolong it and stuff, or whether they're waiting for a specific moment, like I don't know. Revolution, even though that's ages away, or like one of them sort of special event shows. Um, but yeah, it just seems a little prolonged, really. Runners yeah. up in joint second, Matt Hardy's debut and Kenny Omega portraying AEW. No, fair enough, that's good. Uh, Definitely. Agree with those. So I had another Matt Hardy moment, which was my number one moment, but this moment was just it was almost- holy shit. But like the other way around, when when he uh, and Sammy Guevara had that that botched landing and he fell on his back of his head, I was like, no way. And this holy shit moment took like 10 minutes or so when they stopped the match and then decided, oh, we're going to do it. Or Matt Hardy decided that he wants to continue. That was, I think, the biggest mistake until now from the company. I hope they will learn from it in the future. But uh, that was a moment for me where you could see that he was really really not himself in that moment that he was really hurt that was really uh, um, scary 
I almost voted for that myself, but um, well, seeing as Patrick Swan twice now, I might as well. Um, it was more of a <laughs> what the fuck moment for me than a holy shit moment. Um, so you know, it was just semantics, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, and you know, the match carrying on made you think maybe he's not injured because why would they? Why would they carry on? And it made it seem like there was a really weird false finish going on. And you're like, what? What is happening? Like it would. So in that sense, it was very, um, yeah. Like I said, more what the fuck than holy shit. Although um, I wasn't a fan of the fact that. I mean, I wasn't a fan of any of that of them carrying on the match of the spot. Um, but it was Aubrey throwing up the X's and then getting overruled. That was the worst part yep. for me. Yep. Um, she, you know, she did it like two or three times, and it's all talk, really. They, you know, everyone, them talking about how much they love Aubrey and they want to kind of push Aubrey and having this female ref in a in a really prominent position, and then that's all just lip service. If she's throwing up the X's and you're just going to have, you know, them overrule her and the and the doctor as well, like Doc Samson, um, it shouldn't have carried on like and he let it carry on and like what's what's the referee even there for it's like saying oh the referee in pro wrestling is just uh an image is just a performer a ceremonial position it's not a real position it's it just could you know they completely undermined their authority on that one yeah it was also also on the dock yeah and i was watching it with you tom i remember watching the whole event with you and it was just more uncomfortable to watch than anything it was like i've never seen anything like that and yeah, you see Aubrey throw the X's up first and you're like, that that's it. And then it carried on. And the way it carried on was kind of embarrassing for the fact you could see Matt stumbling about. And mm. the fact that he... Can't then, walk very well at the best of times. Yeah. And and, the, and then the way they finished it as well, where they climbed the kind of railings, didn't they? My but, problem with it as well, another problem, is that they could have just used it as a reason for a rematch when it yeah. recovered. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I get there was no a big, problem at all. No one, yeah. no one would have been uh, would have also said, "Oh, I want my money back." Everyone would be like, "Shit, that's bad." Or redo it on a dynamite during the week, yeah. like a month later or so. That's completely fine. I think everyone like, is understanding this. This match would, if anything, it would have added to it. Do you know what I mean? They, they had, they had uh, this, this, this rivalry was cursed. From the, you know, they had. Um, one of them busted the other open I think was like a hard way busting open it wasn't blading and then I don't know if the second one was blading the receipt but um, it also looked brutal I know one of them was was it Sammy throwing a chair at Matt's head or, yeah. or something yeah. like that and um, yeah and it, the rivalry at this point was already so violent that it would have just added to the mystique of the feud if um, if a match had got called off uh, halfway through, due to, due to a legitimate concussion, do you know what I mean? It would have um, it would have enhanced the rivalry, and then the payoff at um, you know the final deletion or whatever you call it match on his compound would have been great. Do you know what I mean? But yep. I, I don't know why they decided to do that, and and just for Sammy to lose twice as well because he lost in the in the final in the final deletion match or ultimate deletion match or whatever it's called. Um, I think he also lost almost everything last year. Yeah. <laughs> Like which I I'm not I'm not opposed to because it keeps it it keeps it unpredictable with um you know you see a legend go in with a young guy that's on the up and you think oh well, then Sammy's definitely going to win it do you know what I mean but um so if they throw a curveball like that I'm fine with that but um you know on occasion but yeah um it was it was messed up but that wasn't even on our list our number one was it Sting I think you both agreed with that on to the next award we have high flyer of the year it's a very exciting one i know hugh will be paying attention to this one 
And our winner is... Come on, who else is it going to be? It's Ray Phoenix. <laughs> of course, yeah, especially of after course last week's performance also. Yeah, I mean, if, if you needed anything else to um, justify why Ray Phoenix is is number one first of all where have you been and secondly all you have to do is look at last week's match because it was insane you see something new every time every time he's in the ring he's just an innovator um when it comes to high flying moves yeah i i had the honor in 2019 to see him live at an uh, mlw show in new york oh fantastic and that was yeah that was really fantastic to see it live and in person also on the same level also will osprey like so i also saw will osprey in on that same weekend also live and uh yeah that that's special when you see these people perform live it's always that's of course something like wrestling when you saw that now in the pandemic nice to see nice to have but without a crowd it's nothing and when you see it live with a live crowd with your life there in person just perfect and also when you see these people live it's great and then ray phoenix is definitely one where i was like wow any words on ray phoenix jack yeah well deserved um i like my high flyers as much as as you said hugh um, I think they're really exciting and fun to watch. Um, and yeah, Ray Phoenix just, yeah, it just goes without saying he's probably the best at it at the moment. Um, every match you watch with him, you get something different. You get a new kind of move to like get gassed about. Um, and he's just really cool, um, especially as a singles wrestler, as much as a tag wrestler, which we've seen as, as we saw in the last episode of Dynamite. Um, so yeah, who else was it going to be really? I mean, I put down, I don't know, you'll go for runners-up and that. I put Sammy and Derby. Sammy is second on our runners-up. Yeah, uh, who yeah. also really good. Um, but yeah, it just, when you when you look at the people, you've got AW, you think, who is the best high flyer? Well, I think we've done it right, and I think everyone would probably agree with us there. Um, so I would go as far as to say Ray, Ray Phoenix is a genius, and I don't mean because he's athletic, of course he's very athletic to pull these things off, it's that when I try and wrestling moves in my head I think, what would my finisher be if I was a wrestler and I try and think of a new move? It's so hard to think of a new move, it's like thinking of a new colour and then Ray Phoenix just comes out and knocks out like three or four of them in a match and it's like, I've never seen that before and you have these you have these guys on commentary Chris Jericho and people like this who've been in the game a long time said, I've never seen that before, you know um JR saying he's never seen moves before. Like, admittedly, wrestling was a lot less high flying for the first, you know, twenty years of his career. But um, you know what I mean? He's, I, I think he's a straight up genius. Yeah, and definitely on top comes now, like with the uh, as well as his, his match against his brother, also the match, the Escalera de la Muerte match with the Young Bucks. I still that show people him that match. And, yeah, that him and his brother, they are not afraid to. Uh, get demasked, you know, unmasked, sorry, unmasked is the word, Yeah, you know, like, his brother took apart his mask, uh, Ray, uh, uh, um, what's his name again, uh, Penta got his mask taken off and everything, so they're not ashamed of it, they're breaking also this wall a little bit, this yeah. uh, Lucha mystical guy, they're not afraid of it, to even expose this, just for a little bit, to bring a shock effect to it, you know, like, th that's the last thing, the, the unmasking match was for decades, just the last match of a, of a wrestler, mostly. It's just you just don't do it, do you? It was the yeah. was the thing. By the way, Hugh, uh, our friend Hugh, is not going to let you forget that you just couldn't remember Pentagon. Uh, is Pentagon's of name course. just then? Um, Pentagon is the best, as he would say, like always. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, 
uh, the unmasked. I, it's surprising how many people didn't realise that Ray Phoenix was bold. Myself, one of them, until he <laughs> yeah. got unmasked on uh, on Dynamite. Well, partially unmasked. Definitely, I, Sammy Guevara I, is, is also he's he's uh, still a hidden gem, you know, a hidden uh, a crystal in the making, you know. He, this is also why I like that he keeps losing because everyone sees he's so great. He will be a real big star one day. But they just keep him down a little bit and, and let him work. Also, like with Matt Hardy, the stuff. And so he's just still let very him work, young. work, work. And yeah, he's super young still. Same with MJF. MJF is somebody you could directly put a title on it, but then you're like, yeah, what's next? So just keep him low. But yeah, uh, Sammy's still young, and in my experience, 32 seems to be the kind of age when wrestlers seem to peak. Or is it 32 or 36? I remember. Maybe yeah, maybe even mid to late. No, maybe not late 30s. Mid 30s. Um, so we've still got a long way to go. And um, I just you know, had a look. Just, as just keep getting better and better. How old's he? Yeah, no, I just had a look. Sammy is seven. MJF's 24. MJF's... Tw- that is surprising, MJF. It's probably the baby face on Sammy, but it's yeah. surprising to me that MJF is uh, three. Okay, that guy's got a big career. Um, yeah, MJF, massive. You know, um, possibly out of everyone on AEW that hasn't wrestled for WWE before, MJF probably has the biggest career ahead of American. Hangman Page might be up there, but yeah, it's, he's already a little older, so they should get going with it now. <laughs> <laughs> In the oh, near God, future. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but yeah, they need to pull yeah. the trigger on that. Um, okay, the next one is the Brody Lee Memorial Award for Brawler of the Year. I like what I did there. My little my little way of... Uh, nice touch, nice touch. Honouring him. Okay, there we go. And the winner is... It's a tie. Oh. Um, it's not Brody Lee, unfortunately, but he has the name, the award name, and he is second. He's in second place. But uh, first place is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Very good. That, one. that Especially as they had a match together. Which I was mean, yeah, that was so, a violent yeah. match. Yeah, that was <laughs> yes. brutal. Yeah. It was really good, really good uh, indie hardcore violence, almost deathmatch violence, like from the good old days from Moxley. But yeah, it's fine. Uh, for me, it was Brody Lee, but also it, John Moxley is also fine. I think he did it all, all the year over. Um, but uh, Brody Lee was for me just because of the two matches with Cody. It, it was for me that was such a good brawl. I haven't seen such two good brawl matches in years. From storytelling and everything, that was great. But like I said, John Moxley, fine. Eddie Kingston, fine. I also had Darby Allen in it because he's also a little brawler, although he's a little smaller and thinner, but... Yeah, I'm fine I, um, with that. I, I think it's probably a quantity over quality thing in terms of John Moxley. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's consistently been a brawler, an effective brawler, and he makes his, you know, the the stuff he does look quite realistic. You know, um, I don't think I've ever caught him blading. I mean, does he does he bleed a lot in his matches? I mean, he, he does, but he did bleed in some matches. I remember, yeah. but uh, I don't yeah, know I if he, like if he blades or this this ha- happens like from. I, said, I don't uh, know. Well. Did you ever see um, an old tape of him on CZW where he gets a saw to the head? Um, No. (laughs) Yeah, he takes an electric saw to the head, right? Um, I can't remember who he was facing. I think it might have been brain damage, but it was in Tournament of the Death, predictably. Um, And yeah, this this guy takes an electric, back and forth electric saw and puts it up to John Moxley's head. And you see blood spurt out, right? 
And so much so that I'd never met anyone who ever, ever questioned the authenticity. They said, well, he's a maniac. He just let, literally let someone put an uh, electric sword to his head. And then years later, he said, our man that spot was so fake. And it's like, how? Like, the, so he, he has been consistently good at selling violence for a long time. And if anything, I think maybe he's being underutilized by the TV 14 rating. If it was like rated R, this guy would just be like literally fork sticking out of his body and, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> just, just, um, complete murder the stuff like, he was doing with Kenny in the unsanctioned match a little bit yeah also. I mean he's getting a bit older now and he's going to be a father so maybe he's trying to tone it down a bit but still yeah good stuff and um, Eddie Kingston you know ditto these, these guys go back a long time and it's you know similar styles in terms of you know their intensity and violence and um, I think it's I think it's been a really good year for Eddie Kingston especially he came in and a lot, not a lot of people knew who he was. I'd seen him, I'd only really seen him briefly on um, NWA, Power. I'd seen a bit of him on that. But, um, you know, he's, uh, I, I think I saw he came 10th in Sports Illustrator's rating of the top wrestlers oh, wow. of the year. And that's across all promotions, not just AEW. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely, wouldn't have expected it when he first debuted and his kind of, he's, you know, he's got a bit of a dad bod and he's, you know, coming out in the, he, kind of cheap looking ring gear initially and yeah um but it's definitely it's definitely been the uh a surprise of the year what do you make of um john moxley and eddie kingston as joint winners jack yeah well deserved um mox goes out saying just you know just to repeat what you said every match she's in is a proper brawl um also as you said maybe because he's getting older he's toned it down but it still doesn't seem that way when you watch his matches like the unsanctioned match with Kenny last year. Eddie and Kingston match this year was brutal. Um, what other matches has he had this year? Can't think, actually. Yeah, Jake Hager. Jake Hager, yeah. I, I, even, year, I yeah. even remember that match because they took it into the crowd. And, like, that was, in terms of his championship defences this year, was a bit, uh, sorry, or last year, if you want to say now, because we're recording this in 2021. That was obviously a bit lacklustre. Um, despite the fact that, and this is the thing, Jake Hager's a good wrestler, but you just, you can't, you can't, like, you can't fake charisma. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, a, his matches are just lacking in a, a little special something. But even that match, um, I just remember them being in the crowd. I remember, you know, Mox, I think, did he put his arm in a like in one of the posts leading down to the ring yeah. Jake Hager did to him or something um, but yeah I just uh, he makes matches memorable matches that Moxley's in you know for for, for, sure. some, for the spots he does for sure he has no sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for he, he doesn't say no to any of these like suggestions or even if he suggests himself he puts himself into all sort of scenarios and situations like that and it pays off well and with Eddie Eddie's probably had one of the best years in AEW for a wrestler. Um, as you said, came out of nowhere for a lot of people. And now, he, I mean, he's main, main event in a pay-per-view, which is a big deal for someone that not a lot of people knew. And I feel like he, he obviously main evented it with a title shot against Mox. And I could see him main event in it again because he's a big character for AEW. Um, obviously, leader of... Is that what they call it? The fam? They, they, I did see it come up as Eddie Kingston's fam, which I wasn't a fan of on uh, a segment. Um, yeah. But, you know. But now he's a, he's a big character, uh, great at promos, uh, great when he's on the uh, commentary table, and, yeah, knows how to have a good good match. I think he, I think he's better with, like, matches he had with Mox, so hardcore matches more. 
um, than just a normal match. But, but yeah, no, definitely joint joint top. I probably would agree. I think yeah, I put him on top of. Um, didn't actually put Mox on mine, but yeah, I see it. Well deserved there, yeah. All right, and this takes us on to the Technical Wrestler of the Year award. Sight for this one. And the winner is... Kenny Omega. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> Again, um, it's like Phoenix and his uh, high flyer of the year just have to look at his last, as, as far as his last match. The same match, in fact. <laughs> um, it's, it's, his, it's his lines that he keeps when he hits these dragon suplexes and how clean everything is, and it's been that way for a long time. I mean, you go back and look at the, the uh, quadrilogy with Okada... Um, yeah, I mean, what can we say about him that hasn't already been said, really? Yeah, and also like yeah. a little bit re reinventing himself, although he's doing a little bit the cleaner again. But thing yeah. with Don Callis, uh, twenty-seven years in the making, I yeah. raised this chart. That's really, really good. Like also how they put that together with the uh, with the Impact uh, joint venture they're doing now. It's it's gonna be great. a heck of a match because uh, yeah, you know, I've been I've been. It's hard. It's hard to follow Impact at the moment because they have zero crowd. Because I think of the, the restrictions of the state they're in. I don't know if they're in Canada because I know it's a. It's it got bought out by a Canadian company, or whether they're in Tennessee. I think they might be in Tennessee, but either way, I don't think they have the same, um, the same laxness with the restrictions as as Florida. Um, yeah. So they have absolutely zero crowd, and it's just I tried watching Genesis the other night, and you know I'm sure it's objectively good. I mean they had the Super X Cup, but um, I found it very hard to get into just because of the silence. Do you know what I mean? And and I, I realise the irony there from someone who's a big fan of New Japan, but even with New Japan, it starts silent and then it builds. Do you know what I mean? Um, always used to at least when they're allowed to cheer, but you know it builds with the claps now. Um, but just nothing in the in the crowd on uh, Impact, which is difficult. But I still think it's going to be a very good match. Um, yeah, FTR were our runners-up. Best no. tag team in the world, probably, because I was really excited when they came in. It was, I think it was a little, like, side thing that they came in out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. Also, then this thing, like, on, on Twitter or, or Reddit uh, about them stealing the name, the revolution from these indie guys from their territory thing. They, they changed it now to the revelation whatever guys FDR was was the big thing about it and I've been a real real huge fan of them uh, as they were the revival back back in the days in NXT because then I did my second or started my second wrestling run I think it was 2015 or so and then I actually started not with WWE watching but I got into NXT because they were building the NXT brand and they were the top tag team together with maybe you remember them Blake and Murphy <laughs> Yeah, and, um, came out to the, and, came out doing leapfrogs to dubstep. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And with uh, Alexa Bliss as their manager, so yeah. But uh, they, they had That's great how they got matches. Alexa Bliss was their manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had great matches with the uh, American Alpha, how they called them later. One of the biggest heartbreaking thing for me personally that American Alpha is no more one of the best tech teams ever. But uh, yeah, the matches with them were great. So I was very stoked for them. So sorry, Jack. Now you can go. <laughs> I was just going to say, are you suggesting that Shorty G was not the uh, greatest gimmick of our generation? Uh, not really. 
He would be if if we would do a WWE podcast, he would always lead up as the most undervalued wrestler for me right yeah. now. There are other ones which are, but he's definitely so undervalued since his split up with uh, uh, from uh, what was his name again? I also forgot him. He's Jason not wrestling Jordan. anymore. Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Yeah, Kurt Angle's uh, secret yeah. son. I was just about to say that I can't believe the the uh, gimmicks they gave both those guys, Shorty G That's and Kurt Angle's secret son. Um, That's so stupid. God. Yeah, this is why we do an AEW podcast because I don't yeah, think we right, keep our sanity right. if we. Uh, yeah, Jack, FTR, FTR. Um, yeah, love FTR. Different kind of tag team than I'm used to now from watching AEW. As a, as you know from the intro episode where I say I'm not too experienced with. Uh, I was about to say, oh, it's not even old wrestling, but you know what I mean. Um, I only started quite recently getting back into it, so. A lot of the tag teams I've been watching um, or I'm big fans of uh, the high flyers like Young Bucks and Lucha Bros and that sort of style. Um, so FTR coming in to, and as they were saying in a lot of the episodes, you know, old school wrestling, old school tag wrestling, they're bringing it back. Um, it's a nice change from, and it's nice kind of alternative to that tag team division in AEW. Um, and especially having them as a top team in the tag division, when you combine like them, I I know we'll get to it for match of the year award, but I put second at Young Bucks FTR because the combination of the styles was just it's really nice to watch. And yeah, technically FTR are just great to watch. They do things right as they say, like the way the tag teams are and the moves they put together. And yeah, it's just really nice to watch. Um, and yeah, with Kenny winning it goes without saying we're all Kenny fans and yeah just watching his matches are just pleasing to the eye you uh, do yourself a disservice Jack because you did watch um, FTR versus DIY I made you watch it um, we all know the match the one where uh, I believe DIY won their first tag titles but um, yeah they've been they've been knocking it out of the park with matches like that forever um, fantastic wrestlers um, I think it may have gone the Young Bucks way in any other year, including probably this one. I know we're only a few days into it, um, but with them as tag titles and them having prominent matches. Um, the Elite, including Kenny, um, they just weren't They just weren't on foot. The three of them, those three, just weren't. It wasn't their year last year. Um, obviously, Kenny won the title at the very end of it, but leading up to that, he kept kind of a low profile until he had this whole kind of reinventing himself as a cocky guy well not reinventing himself he's always been a cocky guy but you know what I mean re-reinventing himself um, uh, you know when, I remember I remember when he beat Sonny Kiss in the uh, in the tournament he, he was a replacement for Joe Janela and uh, the the face he pulled after after hitting him with a one winged angel just beating him in like five seconds and then just like sitting there smug that was kind of a big turning point for me literally just that moment was uh for me, Kenny's turning point, but he, he had a bit of a lackluster year up until that point, I think, and so did the Young Bucks. Uh, Do we have any other uh, up and runners behind him? No, just except uh, FTR. Just FTR second, Kenny Omega first. Why? Who would you? Um, who would third? You Is there no third? There is no third. There's no third because I put John Silver in it. That means <laughs> nobody else voted for John Silver. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm John I, Silver I, I, also. I, I can see that. Also mention, like we should mention him also. Uh, uh, that's just great. I was so surprised seeing him also together with uh, Alex Reynolds, but also himself like in singles matches. He is technically really, really good. Maybe going back to his size that he has to bring up something because he's not the powerhouse, although he's like, 
yeah, he's more like a squared guy, you know, like he is as wide as tall, but uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. You know I really what? like him. I've noticed that about short guys, and whether it's because they have a, a good base on them, they're often very technically sound wrestlers, like Pac is uh, very technically sound as well as being a high flyer um, me and Jack pointed this out that Pac and Kota Ibushi are quite similar wrestlers and Kota Ibushi is both a good high flyer and very technically sound with his suplexes and his um, everything's very very clean so um, yeah I mean it's, you know it's uh, I, I, I think the same about Silver especially he had that match with Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy's obviously I mean don't get me wrong Orange Cassidy can really go like he did some stuff in Shikara as I want to say Fire Ant but it might have been Green Ant um where uh, I think it was Fire he, Ant, yeah. Fire yeah. Ant, yeah. Um, yeah. He's always he's always been a fantastic wrestler, but obviously he's he's also a gimmick wrestler and you know wrestles his hands in his pockets and stuff. And that but that was a fantastic match that um, Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. And I don't think it would have been as fantastic if John Silver wasn't as technically gifted as he is. So we, he can be honorary third place. <laughs> now we move on to Talker of the Year. So who is the best on the microphone and on promos? Ooh. And the winner is, I don't know, because I've got the wrong piece of the envelope. There it is. And the winner is... <laughs> Eddie Kingston. I mean, again, not much of a surprise, is it? Not really, no. No, no. no. Especially, that's what you especially have to mention. It was completely off the air and everything, the pep talk he gave afterwards and uh, I also haven't Brody seen it memorable. but I know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. that's that's just one of the best things I've seen in years so um, yeah he was not my number one what was he my number three but still yeah it's fine like it's it's like it's high quality it's really complaining at high quality who's the best here so uh, congratulations Eddie Jack Eddie Kingston again you were saying it's been Eddie Kingston's year um, this is his second award now the first to get two awards in our award show um, yeah Eddie Kingston and his Men talking ability mentioned Eddie obviously for uh, Brawler um, yeah no, for his talking ability I am contemplating saying I think he's a better talker than wrestler um, but that that's very close for me I, I love any promo he does um, even for the fact that um, I remember on BTE they even said to him like you can cut a promo on anything and they gave him like a random thing to cut a promo on and even that gets you like he is oh that's another one. Uh, I think it was BT a couple of weeks ago for the tribute Brody Lee show. He gave a talk to um whole what? like crew, team and crew. Like wasn't that what Patrick was just talking about then? Yeah, yeah, that, that was what I was talking about. Yeah, that's which was completely off the air. Actually, yeah, not yeah, sorry, had yeah. anything to do with Dynamite, but still killing it then also. So, so yeah. just to repeat then, yeah, Patrick, yeah, that was just incredible. Um, as I mentioned earlier for the brawling scenario he can do anything commentary we've seen it he's incredible on when working with tony and jr um and yeah i just get excited anytime he's cut in a promo or anytime you know butcher blade um uh, wrestling because he's there and it's just that extra kind of incentive and it feels i don't know it feels he gives that presence that you know he's a douchebag kind of guy but you could kind of he could work his way around it you know what i mean he could he could convince you kind of to do anything i reckon he's kind of got that ability but yeah i think he's really he's a really good heel um yeah he's really good at cutting a promo so yeah talker of the year eddie kingston i think yeah i think people agree with that just to add to that um i think AEW has a bad habit of 
asking you to care about matches, uh, title matches as well, uh, on about two weeks' notice, you know, and um, normally it, it doesn't pay off for them. Um, but with Eddie, Eddie makes it work. I remember I had no reason to care about his match with John Moxley um, until he cut a promo that made me care about it. And, um, you know, what, you know, the emotion in his promos and specifically that promo and you hear his voice breaking and his eyes welling up and, but he's still this just hard man. And he just, he just, there's so much passion in it. And to come back to what you said about saying he cut this amazing promo that wasn't even on the air. I think we have a tendency to think of great promos in limited supply because they usually are, because it usually have to, you know, strike gold. You have to, um, have inspiration and you don't always have that. And, um, you know, and and see. So, so if someone cuts a promo like that on BTE, we're like, why are you wasting that on BTE? Put it on Dynamite. But then you remember that Eddie can just flip a switch and do it every single night. Do you know what I mean? Because he's that good a talker. Um, and speaking of good talkers, obviously our runner-up is MJF, which is also not a surprise. Definitely, yeah. MJF I yeah. And also got Jericho. Did I have Jericho? Yeah, Jericho also and it like these. Other random, but I think MJF more. Jericho was not that uh, that often on the mic in in promo wise in the ring. I have nominated him more for his commentary, which was great this year, especially these uh, pandemic episodes where they produced like what, what was it, four or five weeks of television in one night. That was really awesome. Jericho was very good at making uh, making uh, keeping spirits up during the Brody Lee tribute uh, show because that also yeah. that ran the risk of being. Uh, great matches that they had and it was a great show um, I believe one of you nominated it for uh, event of the year um, but it was uh, yeah it ran the risk of kind of being tinged with this horrible sadness um, and I mean obviously it was very sad but Jericho kept that kind of comic relief and kept the the show from feeling too much of a mourn fest and more of what it was supposed to be, which was a celebration of life. Do you know what I mean? It was supposed to be a positive thing, and um, and I think he did that very well. And and uh, yeah, but he's been killing it for what like thirty years. So on the mic, um, especially. So I mean, this is why he gets banned around as the greatest of all time because he's very technically sound. He used to have um, you know decent kind of high flying ability and. Um, yeah, and they're talking, uh, especially. But yeah, MGF, second place. I think if it was 2019, he would have been the runaway winner there. But um, unfortunately for him, Eddie Kingston kind of stormed AEW. The Shooners claimed another award. Right. Moving on, our next award is Most Improved Female Wrestler. Now, female wrestler and male wrestler, we've got some gendered awards. This one wasn't originally going to be a gendered award, but then when I asked for Patrick's nominations, he sent me them gendered anyway, so I made him one. <laughs> I had them in our conversation we were talking about, and it looked for me like, but I think, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> alright. Um, now, the winner of the award that exists only due to uh, Patrick's executive action is... Baker, I mean, for sure, for sure. She was uh, on both the mic and in ring. Um, I know she got a bit of backlash initially because people like you want to build the women's division around this. You know, what I mean, she um, she wasn't the best in the ring, and she was really bad on the mic. And I remember a period around the beginning of the year, around the Jericho cruise, where she would go out and she would cut an amazing promo like that. What a burger smiles promo, and uh, then she'd. 
cut a terrible one like the one on uh, the one on the Jericho cruise where you had Tony Schiavone. I think it's become quite a uh, a reaction gif of him saying "What the fuck?" <laughs> like that, just mouthing it, um, and it echoed a lot of our sentiments. But yeah, she she had she went for a period of great promo, terrible promo, great pro- promo, terrible promo, and there was no in between. But it's become more consistent, especially with her injury, which has helped her in a way, I think, because she had to do a lot of out of ring stuff. And the uh, the what was it called, Jack? You probably remember the Rolls the Rolls Royce or the yeah the the it was the Rolls Royce because she was the role model, wasn't she? Yeah, the role model, yeah. <laughs> I know you're a big fan, Jack, of Britt Baker. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? I am, and I'm actually embarrassed because I didn't put her down as most improved female wrestler. I know, but I, I, I considered that because you yeah. thought she was always great. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I actually put her down for the rest of the year, so we'll see where she comes at. Just because, yeah, I, I always liked her even, ever since. I mean, it's weird to think now, like, AEW's been going since... 2018? I mean, Dynamite's yeah. been going since the, uh, what, October 2019? Yeah, October 2019. AEW, yeah, has been going yeah. since, well, I think Double or Nothing was February 2018, I think? I mean, yeah. No, or 19. It's, it's 19, trying to think. Time mm. Anyway, I, she has been... May. My, yeah, it was sorry. May. May, they started off. in May, and was then they had, 20? like, throughout the summer, they had uh, the... Uh, the shows, uh, what was that? Like the gaming show here? Like <laughs> I don't know oh, the name anymore. Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest, yeah, right, Fighter Fest, and Fight what was yeah, Fight for the Fallen? These ones, and then they had uh, All Out, which yeah. also was the start afterwards with uh, Dynamite. Yeah, mm. um, so yeah, so 20, early 2019, but I think got announced in 2018, possibly. Yeah, sure. so I've I've just seen her as an over, like overriding kind of best female because she she's the one that's been consistent for me throughout. We've had female wrestlers come and go and have their peak and then kind of gone down and you don't see them a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love her promo work. Everything she's done with Tony uh, was great during this year. So I see why she wins now because when I was going through mine, obviously I was putting stuff together. Now you hear who's the winner. You think, actually, yeah, I get that. For me, I put um, Anna J. So I don't know if she's runner-up or anything. Number two, yes. Number two, yeah. Because I just think, she, for me, came out of nowhere. She was the... I don't know what her gimmick was called. It's the showgirl one, wasn't it? Oh, what was it? Does anyone remember what it's called? Star of the Show or something like that? Where I she, dre- she I came out. I completely missed it. So <laughs> so that showed you how impactful her previous gimmick was before she joined the Dark Order. I think she came out and like, she had like a top hat and kind of cane sort of thing. Because I right, like, like a showgirl with this gimmick. Yeah, because I remember... Everything up. Yeah, I remember listening to her Unrestricted and I think that's what she did before and she said... Um, her favourite part of wrestling was like the storyline kind of stuff. Um, anyway, so yeah, she was the showgirl. And then obviously she got recruited by Dark Order. And I think for Nair, to me, when she was that showgirl, she was just dark kind of material, maybe every now and then on Dynamite against whoever the champ was just to get kind of beaten to show the champ. Still good. Squash then, match. Yeah, squash match. Um, but then she got recruited by Dark Order, Brody Lee, who, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure continuously um in this podcast um but yeah and now she for me looks like a a main eventer for the women's division she could like when she challenged Sheeda for the title i thought she could win it then i could still see her winning it whenever i think she's really good um and yeah i think she should but anyway enough about that that's who obviously i put but brick baker yeah unreal um really good it, she's got to be champ at some point could it be the next champ taking it off Sheeda? i'm not sure she's got the feud with thunder rosa who Obviously, it's great as well. Um, but yeah, she's had a great year and has just risen in terms of everything, wrestling ability and um, promos. Number three, take on two. Do you agree with that? 
Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Also that she got like uh, kicked out of WWE, not really used in NXT or so, and then coming in and showing a jiu-jitsu, was it jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Style she has, or like background she has. She's not the best yet, but there's a lot more to come from her. She's really good. Uh, oh, again, I guess, I, get, I guess the important thing is she is better than she used to be. And Yeah. Uh, yeah, with just, within just one match or so, you know, like yeah. she was able to show. I think they just said to her, just go out, show what you want to show. And then you're like, wow, wh why did they kick her out? She has so much potential. Yeah. Okay, the next award is predictably for most improved male wrestler of the year. And the winner is... Should have opened it before I said, and the winner is. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is... Right, so there's a bit of backstory behind this one. Um, and I've just remembered it now I've opened it so uh, my number one um, neither of my number one or number two is the winner my number one was Evil Uno and my number two was Stu Grayson and so I had to think of a number three now Jack had put The Blade as his number one and uh, Patrick had put The Butcher um, <laughs> and I knew that The Butcher or The Blade would be my third and that I would hand the victory to one of them but it didn't seem right because you'd both put, you know, one half of the tag team and not put the other one. So despite the fact that this is an individual award, I've made an exception and given it as a tag award. <laughs> to the Butcher and the Blade. Fine. I like, I like the really, really good choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, they went for a period of being really underutilized uh, there, there was there was a lot of excitement around them i don't know if you remember when um mjf like paid them off to attack the young bucks and there was this whole thing that, like they were going to be the um next apa and they just kind of disappeared a bit and they just i mean they weren't having any particularly memorable matches but yeah i mean how would you say they've uh, improved since then great like really really great uh for me, I, I voted the butcher, so for me, the butcher is the better guy of both of them. But it's just you know sub subjective uh, as as to who is the better one. But I like for me now the butcher so much, and and working also with the blade together like this tech team. Yeah, they, they came out of nowhere, and they were like mercenaries in the beginning. Like I said, like who are these guys? What are they, especially what is the butcher? What what kind of guy is he? He looked yeah, his special. look is so unique. Is so unique, and then they start resting. You're like, okay, but then it improved over the whole year. Yeah, where it comes to my point with the butcher that he had the title match against John Moxley. Uh, when you're like, was it a title match or just a main event? I'm not sure anymore. Uh, I'm not sure. Really. Well, I don't think it was a main event, Moxley. I think it was a, a singles match. Yeah, but yeah, but it was really great. Like him against Moxley in, in a really nice brawling match. And in general, he's improving so much. And these guys were like, or you know, he was like for five years now uh, on the indie circuit, getting back into wrestling or getting into wrestling in general. He was never a wrestler, really. Uh, right? Well, he's, so, he's a guitarist for um, yeah. what band? Uh, quite, a, quite a famous band. I've forgotten though now. Yeah. I'm sure someone so will famous. tell us. <laughs> yeah, so, no, they are. They've got a decent amount of listens. But look, Jack's, I can see yeah. Jack's, uh, he's lit up, which means he's looking for something. Um it's not a day to remember, is it? No. Every time I die. Every time ah, I die, yeah, of course. Yeah. The every time I die. No, they are they are quite um, big in in certain circles. I yeah. probably if I had if push came to shove out the two of them, I would have said the blade is most improved, but only because 
I already rated The Butcher um, from way back when. And if you remember, a, uh, I think it was a tag team, a tag team battle royal um, where both uh, teams had to get eliminated. Both both members of the team had to get eliminated. Um, and I can't remember what it was for. I think it might have been for a title shot. I think the Young Bucks might have won. Um, but the Blade got eliminated early and um, the Butcher wrestled pretty much the whole match solo. And ever since then, I've said, oh, there's something, this guy's actually got some wrestling to him as well as a really good look. So for that reason, I would have said the Blade's been most improved. I'm sure Jack will tell us more about why he thought the Blade was most improved. Yeah, um, I just, how do I kind of word it? I, I like both, and I think you've done the right thing giving it a tag team award. I think they go well together. They kind of got the... It's hard to word. The Butcher's obviously the bigger guy, and it's the kind of big man feel to it, where it's kind of like he does the brutal stuff and does the heavy hitting stuff, and the Blade sort of does the more... I'm gonna, I would say like high five, but it's not really high five. No, no I mean quicker. Yeah, quicker. quicker, I know. Yeah. That's exactly, there was a word in my head when you yeah. started talking. And I just think it's hard to kind of give you a reason why I, you should pick the Blade over the Butcher. I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to yeah. say... Well, I yeah, think as, out team. of ring stuff as well, uh, Eddie Kingston's done a lot for them, yeah. I think. Um, and the other day uh, on Dynamite, when they cut to the back and they'd all attacked um, Pac and those Pac and... Uh, Pack and Pentagon. I've done it, and Hugh's, Hugh's going to be after me now. Um, <laughs> when they'd attacked him, it kind of made me think, yes, this is what, you know. I mean, I know they had their own reasons for attacking them anyway, but the fact that they were helping out the other heels and it kind of felt like they might be this kind of kind of gunfire thing again. Um, yeah, no, I I, I think uh, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see him as, I think they've still got a little bit of a way to go before you could put the titles on them and it feel legit. But, um, you know, they're slowly on their way. Uh, my number one was actually Evil Uno, because um, I think he's really, he's gotten into shape, uh, a relative shape. He's still not, you know, he's he's not an Adonis still, but you know what I mean? He's, um, and his look has improved as well. He had the kind of, uh, which is part of it for me, he had the um, kind of spandex gimp mask before, and now he's got like a really a nicer one made, and he started wearing the kind of, decent top and um and I, I think they've i think they've always been kind of back they were they were super smash brothers i think they play a play uno player dos um they've always they've always been good and they've always had good matches and i think you know they've they've had potential for a while but i think uh uno's just recently kind of improved to where he can compete uh you know this kind of televised national level, and um, obviously on uh, BTE, him getting papers thrown in his face and that scream was uh, also a part of it. His kind of out of ring product as well. So that was my vote anyway. But no one else voted for him. So <laughs> that was still a good choice. I also saw that, especially his uh, physical form improving over the year. Yeah, um, yeah, that was nice. He wasn't that much in the ring. I'm hoping he's. He's going to get more in-ring time, but uh, I'm also curious to see now what happens with the Dark Order. If he will be the leader or Johnny S is coming in to take or, the reins, I don't know. Or um, Hangman Page, even. Or him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of options now. So, Right. Our next award is for Event of the Year. Quite a big one, this. And the winner is...
revolution. <laughs> Not a surprise for me. Um, that was that was the heck of a show. Yeah, for me, revolution. And up until Full Gear, just gone, Full Gear 2020, um, that was the best pay-per-view for me. It had unreal storylines. Every match you invested in, every match wasn't just, um, you know, put together in a couple of weeks. And, you know, um, it kind of, every match had a big fight feel. Um, even Orange Cassidy Pack had quite I was a literally big match. Just about, yeah. That was the first one I was yeah. going to mention. That was um, the short stealer of the night. Exactly. Really. You had, like, noticeable matches obviously Mox getting the title and then last time a pay-per-view crowd and really last time a proper crowd really was there I mean I know you had a couple of dynamites after but that was big moment obviously the picture the it scene was a really good um, was it Sammy Guevara versus Darby yeah was yeah Guevara oh, Darby yeah, that, was that was a great, great storyline fantastic match you had the um, was it 6.25 rated Dave Meltzer well, Kenny we I was, Hangman I was purposely not mention it and so we yeah. save it till last the that's it. Kenny, that Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks Ooh. unreal um, and yeah just an amazing pay-per-view obviously helped by the crowd you can argue and say other pay-per-views would have been as big with the crowd but I think you just got a that was at the start of the year as well. That's how long ago it seems. That was 2020, and mm. it just seems so God, weird now. Year. Yeah, that is, <laughs> no, that for me was hands down. Full Gear did come very close because I thought the card for Full Gear this year was stacked as well. Um, but now I think overall that kind of that pay per view was just you know worth the money really. Anything to add, Patrick? No, nothing really. I had it on number two, but there was a close call with double or nothing. I think. Uh, yeah, it was just my, my, my preference, but still, both of them were such on a high level, and all pay-per-views were on a high level the whole year. Uh, this is also what I like about their pay-per-view strategy, just having five events a year. Um, maybe some, some now, some bigger shows, like in between on Dynamite, but uh, that's just the way to go, because that's the money worth and we, we europeans we're lucky we just have to pay 20 bucks for it not 50 like the americans but <laughs> um probably uh i don't know well it's a good job we're not um a famous podcast right off the bat because they'd probably change it by me revealing this secret but if you go on the fight if you don't go through the fight app and you go to the browser you go on browser you can actually pay for it in dollars and get even more money off um so like instead of being 20 pounds here it's 20 dollars so it ends up being yeah. like yeah i also have pounds. 20 dollars here yeah <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. it 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 changes, but yeah, but like the fifty bucks they have to pay for uh, what is on Bleacher Roll in the U.S. and on Bleacher the Report. normal, yeah, Bleacher Report and uh, the normal um, normal pay TV. I don't know what the normal That's pay ridiculous. TV is in the U.S. The, they use the money they get. Yeah, they, they have to fifty pay for it. fifty bucks. Then I'd rather really drive there if I <laughs> would be living in the U.S. and watch it live. <laughs> than paying 50 bucks for something you watch on the television so but it has always been like this also wwe pay-per-views uh on on pay-per-view in 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 the u.s were always ridiculously like in germany they were like 15 euros or so 20 euros yeah yeah it's completely decent they uh yeah I, I i recently found out that cell phone plans in america are about a hundred dollars a month um and they've just been convinced that this is how much you're supposed to pay for cell phone plans and they're like 30 pounds a month here tops it's crazy um but oh i guess God. that's a similar thing with the pay-per-views you know you convince people yeah. this is how much something should cost and if they you know then they you know they don't know any other way then 
I'm curious if it's plus or including taxes. That's the thing that comes mostly on top when you buy stuff. It depends on the state, doesn't it? And then they add it on. I remember going yeah. to the States as a kid and, and they just, you know, I bought a 25p pack of gum with 25p, no, sorry, 25 cents printed on the uh, packet. And then you take the thing, they're like, oh, that'd be 32 cents. It's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's so random to put a price and then have to pay more. Yeah, right. Like, you have to calculate it yourself. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. We've now got Breakout Female Wrestler of the Year. We're not doing runners-up for that one. Oh, sorry. No, there are no runners-up for that one. Oh, well... Oh, well everyone, else, yeah. everyone else's choices were different. So. Yeah, first. I, I went for Full Gear, said very close, and Brody's Tribute Show. I just put just for the nice touch. It was a good card as well. So I believe because you both voted uh, Revolutionist second and I voted it for it first, and then that, that's why it'd be... It, yeah, I put, I put it first, yeah, and Patrick put it second, yeah. So I'd, I'd um, wait. You voted Revolution first, or yeah. first? Oh, Revolution I thought you first. were saying. I thought, well, just based on what you said um, earlier about it being the best pay for you seen up until Full Gear, I thought you might have put Full Gear ahead of it. I don't know. I was saying. I was saying Full Gear came close. Came close. Yeah. Okay. Until yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyway, next one. Next award. And this is Breakout Female of the Year, and the award goes to. of course Hooray. <laughs> we knew that this would happen <laughs> most yeah. improved and most uh and the breakout was she most improved no i forgot second now. second most improved second yeah oh my brain is bad but yeah she's at least breakout this. star because she started last year came out of nowhere and yeah that was just but all of the breakout stars also the other ones i choose Layla hirsch and abaddon they came for me out oh. of nowhere and then made it big time so the uh, <laughs> the the awards card is all of the ones Patrick said. So he got quite uh, on the pulse. Third place was Layla Hirsch. Second place Abaddon, and first place Anna J. So yeah. I think Patrick will be very happy with that. Yeah, super happy, really. Like these, the, the future looks bright. There's nothing to add to, uh, to it. I would say for fe- for shame. women's the wrestling, if they're isn't. booking it right. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say the future looks bright, but now they've got to actually the utilize present, the yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, all these, all these, all these girls. Should be, I remember Layla Hirsch, especially. As soon as I saw her, I think I might have gone to Hugh or somebody and said they need to push this girl to the moon. Do you know what I mean? I was like, she's, you know, this is what they need. You know, they, this technical. Um, I think we were saying on our other show should fit straight into Team Taz. Do you know what I mean? If they wanted a, a female representative for the group, um, yeah, just a badass, yeah. fantastic wrestler. Um, same. I mean, Abaddon. I, I, I find her. Um, I find her in-ring ability middling. I know Jack said she, he thinks she's quite good. Um, but I think her strength is in her, why she's been so breakout, is in her very unique gimmick. And Anna Jay is just fantastic. I think she, I think they could have given her the title against um, Cheetah and nobody would have complained. Um, I, and I was quite hyped for that match. And it was one of those ones where I thought it could have gone either way, to be honest. It was, uh, it was good as well. Right. Breakout male wrestler of the year. And the winner is... John Silver. Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy for an award. And he's got one. But uh, what can be said about John Silver? Oh, we well, to first. Jack. If, it, if it's okay. Um, 
for me, John Silver came out of the works. Um, I think we'll probably all agree BCE. Um, seeing his gimmick on BT, he just had me in stitches. Like, He's I love, hilarious. Yeah, I love BT. I watch it every week. But he was the one that I started looking forward to most. And then it was starting to look forward to Dark Order skits. Um, he's just he's got that comedic kind of like aura about him. And it's just like anything he says is just funny. And I it's heard, gold, isn't it? Yeah. And I heard, um, was, it, um, was it unrestricted? Anyway, basically, um, they were saying like why... Why is it taking you so long? Like, because obviously he was part of Dark Order anyway. Um, yeah, but Bro- Brody Lee basically was saying to him, um, obviously it's funny on BT, but he never really showed it on Dynamite. It's like, why are you not showing this on Dynamite? This is going to be so over. Because um, originally he was just he was just a wrestler on Dynamite. When he did, there was nothing really stand out about him. He was just like you know just just there. Um, but, well, they debuted as the Beaver Boys, him and Alex yeah. Reynolds, which I don't really think translated very well no. to TV. That's but, um, before they joined the Dark Order. Exactly. And but yeah, on BT they were hilarious. It's like you're so over on BT, yet obviously nothing on Dynamite. It's like you need to bring that to Dynamite, and you'll get so over. And it's just shown like he's funny on Dynamite. Um, obviously, he had his match with OC, which was just great. Two really funny gimmicks that everyone liked, and it went down a hit because obviously they're both really good wrestlers as well. Um, the yeah, the the kind of way he's risen from being nothing to now. Would you say mid-card wrestler? Um, if that. If they, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, oh, no. Well, now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, he's, yeah. he's now, a mid-card yeah, wrestler. Yeah. I, was gonna, I thought you meant before. Yeah. Um, no, now for sure he's he's king in the mid-card. I love him. That's it. Uh, BTE champ. Well, if you follow BTE, he's got, he's got a title on him, which is great to see. Um, so he's not only a talented wrestler, but also outside of everything. <laughs> that's it. Um, he's, just, he's just an all-round great character. Um, and I just hope... Maybe, maybe. Well, it won't be twenty twenty one, I imagine. But I could see him being at least TNT champ. Um, I'd like to um, at some point. I'd like to focus on something you just said about uh, him needing to bring it over on BTE. So the Dark Order have been two completely different uh, factions on BTE and on Dynamite this year. You know, they've been very serious on Dynamite and very, um, very jokey on BTE. And I think. To, to, in some respects, I think that works really well because BT's a less serious show, do you know what I mean? And having this heel group being so funny on Dynamite might not translate well. I remember they tried it, um, and I don't know if you guys remember, after I think it was after Brody Lee's title win, he did the thing with the lawnmowers on Dynamite. He brought out a load of ride-on lawnmowers, which is obviously an inside joke from BTE. And I think they just automatically assumed everyone who watches Dynamite watches BTE, which is just not the case. Do you know what I mean? It, um, and it confused a lot of people. So maybe that's the reason they haven't tried again. But um, I don't know. It might be time to convert um, all the comic stuff and make them a... a f- and it, it will work if they're faced. Do you know what I mean? If uh, they have a face turn now, it might be time to bring that comedy element of the Dark Order to Dynamite. Well, I think because- that's coming. I do yeah. think that, especially now, they're getting Hangman on the side a little bit. And yeah, in my opinion, and he's he, he's a comedy. He's a he's yeah. had a comedy. I mean, he's had a kind of a tragic comic kind of yeah. gimmick, if you know what I mean, with his kind of alcoholism as well. But he's been, you know, the the stuff with the the writing on his um, name card and stuff, mm. and uh, has been drinking and then noticing the camera. And he's he's a very funny guy. So I mean, it's so sad that um, Brody Lee has died. Um, but I think he'd be happy to notice that it, it is not, as Eddie Kingston says, they are not nothing without him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There is there is a, a big future there for them as faces. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I just think it makes sense now, especially. And I think that 
that's the way John Silver will actually mm. continue this rise is as a yeah. face and a funny face on yeah. TV because um, I, I don't think it I don't think being a heel does him justice mm. um, what do you think yeah. Patrick about about yeah. what you said yeah he didn't have a lot of uh, dynamite airtime yet compared to the time he has on BTE but I also think they're now slowly building him they're like okay there's another one we have we have here we, which we should uh, build slowly but surely and yeah like yeah he's just great for me like uh, his character is so funny entertaining uh, i'm also watching bte every week and uh, i'm really looking forward to some stupid idea he comes up next with uh, these <laughs> there were these consequent weeks week after week where him and reynolds started to recruit people it was just hilarious how stupid they were uh, and still like are. They, um... and, and 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 what i wanted to point out also this guy on uh, on reddit i don't know if it was scratch circle or the aw official who was in a cult and he said this is legit how we behaved in the cult like from the outside you're like are oh, these these crazy people with a uh, strong hierarchy and all that weird stuff but in the inside we're just joking around and fooling around not taking ourselves serious and then really like a, like a leader person comes in and uh, has to bring everything in order which Brody Lee did so let's see how that develops but I was very happy with him last year yeah, I saw that on Reddit too. Um, said it was a lot of fun. Do you know what I mean? And that's what they they make being in the Dark Order seem fun. Um, the other two runners up in third place we have Powerhouse Hobbs. In second place we have Ricky Starks. Uh, agreed with that? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like Will Hobbs also he improved now also with the switch to Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't like his name now to be honest, but putting him into Team Test, giving him this heel look and just giving him this I think it was two or three weeks, this build up to becoming a heel. Uh, that was really cool, I have to say. And th that's also a guy for the future, like proper powerhouse for the future. Although his uh, heel gimmick does tend to consist of snarling at the camera, like with that face he pulls, <laughs> which I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah, no, I to be, I, did, I wasn't a big fan of him initially because it kind of seemed unearned, like he just, just got shoved into the main event. It's like, it was, you know, with the, the program with Darby and Cody and stuff, and it's like... You know, they didn't give me a reason to care, but, you know, gradually he's getting there. But I think third place is fitting, um, especially behind, obviously, John Silver, but obviously Ricky Starks, who um, originally we were going to have a most underrated award, uh, which was scrapped. Uh, but he, he would have been my number one. I think he's the most underrated wrestler on, um, on Dynamite. Because, um, I mean, he definitely would have won it over John Silver because John Silver's actually getting the kind of recognition from people. But I, I still don't think, I still don't hear a lot of people talking about Ricky Starks now. Good he is. And a great guy, apparently, as well, in real life. Um, he's, he, I just think he's the full package. About What do you think, Jack, about Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, for that matter? Yeah, um, I actually got that nailed on, so I was pretty happy with that. Got silver top, Stark second, Hobbs third. So, oh, pretty, yeah, pretty happy so with that. Patrick nailed the last one. The uh, <laughs> you nailed this one. Yeah, no, um, I'd probably, yeah, Ricky Starks. Um, what can I say about Ricky? I like his gimmick. It's it's quite nice having with Team Taz, big hard men, and then he's kind of like the <laughs> chappy. Sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like the cheap chappy. I've heard, um, or I say I've heard, I've read on Reddit, a lot of people making comparisons with, like, younger Undertaker. Not at that, ignore me. No, <laughs> ignore me. Leave oh, that in. Yeah. Leave that in. <laughs> no, young, younger... I must have missed Undertaker's, like, <laughs> shell necklace, fake tan gimmick. <laughs> right. Right, start again. Three, two, one. Yeah, younger The Rock. 
Dwayne yeah. Johnson is what I've seen people make comparisons. Where did I get the Undertaker from? Um, you're, not, you're not getting away with that three, two, one stuff. That's staying in. I'm insisting. <laughs> no, on that it. has to stay. I'm, definitely, I'm, it has I'm, to stay. I'm that's, that's a proper laugh. I'm the editor. Fuck <laughs> you. Oh, go on. Leave it. <laughs> um, but no, comparisons to younger Rock, um, yeah. and I just think he's got a bright future. He kind of, yeah, he doesn't get as noticed amongst Cajun Hobbs, but he, him, and his feud with Derby, I think, could be a pay per view. Feud. It never was. It was just. Did it get? I mean, technically, it's still going on. Um, yeah, no, I because I never really. I, 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 I think that's always been happening. That, man, yeah. that, that, that feud. I don't. I don't think it ever begun and ever stopped. It's like time. Yeah. It's, it's, it it's singular. To... Yeah, they. Um, I, and I don't know who he's feuding with, whether it's Brian Cage or, <laughs> yeah. or Ricky Starks or both. It's, um, uh, it's a very it's, confusing feud. It's confusing. But, um, um, but no, we got. We got a fan. I mean, he's one of my nominees for one of the awards. But Cody this year as TNT champ. Bringing a lot of these guys in, Eddie, Ricky Starks, um, Hobbs didn't, did he? But Hobbs as well, great, yeah, coming out of nowhere. But yeah, no, Cody brought in a lot of new talent, really, through challenging every week on TNT uh, Championship. And yeah, Ricky Starks is just one of them, and he's got a bright future, especially with Team Taz. They, they're starting to look like a legit group now. They do look legit. And what you said about um, him being like uh, early rock, um, I think he's just waiting, like The Rock was, when The Rock wasn't really getting over, but he had all the talent there. I think he's just waiting for that kind of breakout moment. Um, so even though this was the breakthrough uh, Male of the Year award, I think he's uh, rightfully second, and I think he's just waiting for that that last kind of bit to get him to, to just, you know, yeah. go to the moon. Quickly, I just had a thought, actually. Could you imagine it'd be nice, like a pay-per-view match, Triple threat between Darby, Sammy, and Ricky. That'd be a. Nice, I think that'd be a really good like dream. Some great work, great in that match. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, we're on to the big ones now, the big four, um, and these are the, as I say, the biggest awards of the night. Um, and first up, we have match of the year. Mm. That's my attempt at a drum roll, which we can edit in post anyway, aren't we? <laughs> and the winner is. Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks at AW Revolution. Um, yeah. 6.25 stars, did you say, Jack? I will just check for you now. Um, while you do that, what do you, rec- you make of that match, Patrick? I mean, I I was speechless at points during that match. Yeah, me too. Because I, w- when it came on, I was like, ah, okay. I was just doing some things in between, to be honest, and first. And then I stopped doing what I was doing. I don't know what I was. I think I was just moving... Uh, 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 the the uh, the washing away or so like while watching it but then I stopped immediately and just was standing in a room watching like for 20 yeah. minutes and then next day I had to watch it again because yeah. then I just realized how good it is you're not see you're, when you're not seeing something that's good on first sight then like or you don't get the beauty directly at first yeah. sight then something is really good um, it was just my number two but uh, it it was a close call to my number one, so I'm super fine, and I love. We'll Kenny talk about your number one in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, Matt Jackson was the low-key MVP of that match, I think, because he always does, especially in these emotionally charged matches, does a lot to set his personality aside from Nick's. Do you know what I mean? Where they're two, they're brothers. They look very similar. Some people even think they're twins. I think Jack thought they were twins until he found out they weren't. Um, 
They, They're seven so, years apart, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> five, so it, something like this, yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it can be very easy for people to just, like, think of them as a singular unit, the Young Bucks, but Matt, he does a lot of storytelling work, and he did in that match, and I think there might have been some spitting go down in that match. This was obviously pre-COVID, but, well, it wasn't pre-COVID, but it was pre, uh, pre-lockdown. Um, and... Uh, yeah, he's just he just sold it as very bitter. That whole feud, it was a perfect payoff for that feud, and um, reminds me in a way of how emotionally charged it was of the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers from um, uh, what was Strong Style Evolved. Um, that was I don't know if you remember um, Kenny going for the One Winged Angel, and I believe Matt Jackson again, um, and then he couldn't do it because of uh you know the the how close friends they are and then uh matt puts his his arm around his own neck kenny's arm around his own neck and makes him hit it and goes do it do it like that and uh yeah and and more of the same in um in in that tag match i think they just are uh, just the magic when those guys get together and um hangman could definitely hang if you pardon the pun with uh, the other three it was it was great stuff shall we look at some runners up Four, well, three runners up, four matches on my card in total, all of them tag matches. So it says a lot about uh, AEW's tag division. Fourth place, Young Bucks versus FTR. Obviously, the ones where the Young Bucks won the uh, won won the titles recently. Number three, the Stadium Stampede, and number two, the Parking Lot Brawl between um, Best Friends and uh, Santana and Ortiz. We make of those awards, those those uh, matches. Yeah, I'm I'm oh. happy with that. So yeah, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. happy because Stadium Stampede was my number one. Yeah. Uh, because of its uniqueness, I've never seen something like this before. They put it completely on the line, like everything made hilarious things with Matt Hardy uh, switching his characters, like I don't know, two or three times. Um, mm. Chris Jericho well, going crazy, putting uh, putting up the 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 thing again on his head on the field, uh, uh, laughing like a witch, uh, doing these crazy <laughs> things. The finish was crazy. The bar scene was great. Like this, this was a great cinematic match. Also, it was not a great wrestling match because there was just a few wrestling elements, of course, in it. But it was not a proper match within the uh, squared circle. But it was a great cinematic match. Something we haven't seen before and. Uh, that's also a good outcome of all the bad things that COVID brought to us is the cinematic style matches. Uh, well, yeah, that this will you, look brighter in the future. What you said about uh, it not being a great pure wrestling match, that was probably the wrestling kind of purist in me that kind of put it as third out of, um, you know, out of my top three. But if we're talking in terms of fun, you'd be hard pushed to do better than the Stadium Stampede. It was a, such a fun match. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the finish because that was almost um, my, uh, made it on my holy shit moments uh, because that um, that spot, I mean, God, Sammy gets it bad, doesn't he? Um, but yeah. um, just to Sammy refresh again. people's... <laughs> refresh people's memories i believe it was a one-winged angel off uh, the bit where the players run out um yeah. uh, in the stands um down through a table um or a you know a big stack of a big field of, of boxes now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sorry a quote unquote table but you know regardless yeah. of what broke his for it was an insane spot um i like that you mentioned the bar scene that was that was very funny i like them just taking a break help help break up the pace of this of the cinematic um and it was great stuff. Um, just for expediency, we'll, we'll we'll ask Jack about a different match. Jack, parking lot brawl, number two. I'm so glad you asked me about this one because I had a st- lot to say. Um, 
obviously, them four matches, three of which involved the Young Bucks, and that is a nice touch. The reason I like the parking lot brawl and the reason it should be so high up, and it is, it was a different type of match we've not seen on AEW yet, a parking lot match. So that already was a brand new kind of concept that AEW, well, not brand new, obviously, we've seen parking lot matches before, but for AEW, it's the first time they've done that. Yep. And you guys probably agree, they, they're, they're big tag teams, uh, proud and powerful, and uh, best, friends, best friends, but they've not been like main eventers really yet. And the ex- the expectation wasn't there, was it? And I think that was part of it. It was pleasantly surprised because it yeah. wasn't a match with the Young Bucks. It wasn't the match with FTR. It was these kind of mid-card teams mm. that we all know are good, but like they, we weren't we weren't expecting like a five star match. But that's what was delivered. No, and it was it was. I like the concept behind the match as well with Sue's with um yeah Trent's <laughs> mum Sue and the whole the whole van thing and yeah just the whole. It was a great story match as well. It wasn't just it wasn't just a parking lot brawl. You had um, the yeah the two teams firstly going at it. OC coming out to help with the finish, and then just popping the perfect, up out of the boot. Yeah, and then just <laughs> perfect ending where they're driving away, and then Sue just sticks yeah. off the middle finger. And yeah, it, it was fantastic. It was just great, and it was just a perfect. It was one of those where face beats heel. Um, you feel like yeah, the the villain loses, the good guys win. Sue like gets the redemption she deserves the boys and it was just it was a funny match but it was serious as well with the parking lot element um yeah and it was just it was just a great match and yeah for the fact that it was the one that didn't involve young bucks it's so nice to and uh, not say obviously young bucks deserve to be up there every match they've had like in that top three is just insane but it's just nice seeing as you said two mid-card teams who can be main eventers doing a main event match and it being so highly rated. And Dave Meltzer, I think, let me just have a look on my little list. I'm pretty sure. Oh, by the way. I think it was a five-star match. Yeah, that that was a five-star match. Uh, You did ask as well, the uh, Kenny and Hangman versus Bucks match. That was a six. Um, Yeah, so I think that's their first, probably their first five-star match um, ever. And it was just, yeah, well-deserved. yeah. It was, Um, yeah, just unique and I loved it. What I find very interesting is that our number one match of the year was uh, obviously filmed in front of a crowd. Uh, our number two and three um, were both matches where I completely forgot about COVID for a while. Do you know what I mean? Because um, parking lot brawl, they would that that would have been the same COVID or not. You know, them surrounded by a little crowd of people, um, but no kind of massive crowd because it was in a parking lot. Um, and Stadium Stampede, it's just they're having a match in an empty stadium. Do you know what I mean? It is uh, it, not necessarily empty because of COVID. Do you know what I mean? Because they've had empty stadium matches in WWE and stuff before. So, you know, it's interesting to me that um, our number one was before COVID and our number two and three were ones that were specifically facilitated uh, by COVID. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and that they were ones where COVID didn't, was kind of a detriment to the match. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that's completely fine. <laughs> You're finished now. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, that, that was fine. Don't... I see it completely like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, like I said before, something good comes out also of COVID in the wrestling scene. And these are these matches, these special occasions they are trying. They had to try also. Uh, yeah, that was great. And also, like you said very well, made us forget about COVID for at least 20 minutes. Or I think uh, Stadium Stampede was like 45 minutes. But yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think those um, matches very much kind of confirm wrestling as escapism, you know, for for a lot of us. Um, our third, well, second to last 
third to last? No, third to last. Not very good at maths. <laughs> award the Tag Team of the Year Award. And the winner is... What do we make of that? Again. I'm going to go to Patrick <laughs> first because he had the uh, more positive reaction there, I think, on uh, when it comes. <laughs> yeah, I think no surprise. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear what Jack says about it. Like I said before, uh, for me, FTR, best in the world. Um, also, the other ones I nominated or like we, we're going to get later to the run-ups, but uh, I think we all mentioned the teams before who are uh, in the top three now. I think there's nothing to add also to FTR. Uh, I'm just looking forward to having more matches with them and clashing with other teams than just a great match they had with the Bucks. Also, every other team on the list and on the roster. Yeah, yeah for me, I mean, I also voted FTR as top. I think for me, it was more of a fact of Young Bucks. They kind of... It was, it was not a bad year for the Young Bucks. It was not the Young Bucks' best year, and it was... Um, I don't want to say worse because again, they, I mean, they were in three out of four of our top four matches of the year. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a bad match for the Young Bucks by any means, but you know, FTR were the ones with the titles. They were having a lot of high-profile matches. They had the stuff where they, um, you know, their tag team appreciation, where they were defending it every week as well um, with their whole tag team rules thing. Um, Young Bucks just aside for some really fun exhibition matches and obviously that first that first match of Revolution which was at the beginning of the year they um they didn't really between Revolution and Full Gear was it when they won the titles um it was it, they didn't make a big impact for me and I think they've been quite focused on putting over younger talent from day one to be honest because I remember when we were doing sweepstakes for with our wrestling whatsapp group for the tag team tournament match to crown the first tag to tag champions um I called them I called private party to go over them because I was like they're going to put them over um for sure I think I correctly called not to blow my own horn absolutely to blow my own horn I correctly called every match in that tournament um including, like I said, uh, Private Party going over the Young Bucks. And I think they've kept up with that. I remember them putting over uh, Proud and Powerful and all these people with clean tags and, sorry, clean pins. And after a certain point, it's like, okay, yeah, but you're devaluing your own brand here. And people, people, a lot of people came to see you. Do you know what I mean? You've got to recognize your own worth. And I think they're starting to do that now. And I think that's why 2021 will be their year. I think they've been worried about people calling them kind of biased uh you know e you know evps booking themselves to win oh you're no different than triple h putting the title on himself um they've got to realize something people are gonna those people are gonna shit on AEW no matter what they do if um if if the young bucks put everyone else over then it's oh you're you know you rave about the young bucks what have they done recently do you know what i mean if uh you know they're nothing they're overrated if they don't put over other people they put themselves over then it's oh their evps booking themselves you know into a victory you all complain when triple h does it but you know these yeah you're always going to get that so just you know i i understand AEW are very big on listening to the fans but sometimes just fuck the fans <laughs> you know and um and you know very occasionally not all the time there's not a good uh, mantra to have but in this case no yeah you know what i put young bucks as first but after hearing that little rant, I'm not even going to argue a reason for them first. It's like, I put them first, 
heard your reason. I now get it. Um, so I'm not even going to try and argue that Young Buck should be first. I think you're right there. Also, naively, I don't know what I was doing when putting this together. I put Lucha Bros second, which, yeah, they're a really good tag team. But they've not really necessarily had the best year. They've not been in it for at least half. So ignore me for them two. FTR were my third. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, aside from the fact that FTR weren't really... Were they... Did they, didn't, they debut this year? 2020? They yeah, did, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, aside from the fact they went in it last year, but your top two, I think you're about a year behind. I think that was yeah. e- easily, definitely the top two in 2019. Um, honestly, I think the last 10 years, pretty much, Young Bucks would have won the best team in the world every single year. And I think they have for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. They've they've been best team consistently up until this year. And FTR also might have won it. Uh, I don't know if they've actually had the awards yet, actually. I might be talking out my ass. But... Um, yeah, I think I think this is the first year where I wouldn't have given it to Young Bucks in recent memory, um, and not just in AEW, but in the entire world, because um, they just have been that good, and they will be that good again. Like they've got plenty of career left, um, and now they've got the titles, they're going to be in a lot of high-profile matches. Um, twenty twenty-one, I believe, is the year of the elite, especially with the the storylines we've got going on at the moment. Second to last. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. Do you have something more to say about? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just waiting for the for the women's award now. Yeah. I guess, right? Oh, he's, he's <laughs> anticipating it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. It is female wrestler of the year. So one of the the joint big ones. Ooh. And the winner is. Hikaru Shida. Um, not a huge surprise because she's a champion, but I would like to contest this. And I realise that I devised this voting system, but I have, I have uh, noticed the flaw in my voting system because of this. Me and Jack both voted for a complete uh, different wrestler as on both had the same number ones, and it was not Hikaru Shida. But because Patrick didn't vote for her at all, and we all obviously were going to put Hikaru Shida on ours some way at some point, then the kind of three points, two points, one point system kind of backfired on me a bit. Um, mine and Jack's number one was Thunder Rosa um, and I think the fact that we both rated her number one and that she came number two runner up is kind of a testament to the weakness of AEW's women's division a bit because she's I mean I think she might have signed now but she wasn't even an AEW wrestler for the majority of the year um, but yeah number one Hikaru Shida which I suppose is fair um, with her being champion number two Thunder Rosa number three Anna Jay so she did make it into the top three what do you make of that top three guys? Yeah, it's completely fine. I also had uh, Serena Depp in it. Also, yeah, again, she yeah. is now at AW, but he, she's doing. Uh, she is the NWA Women's Champion, and not re- I don't consider it really as AEW. They're just wrestling on the show directly. This is what what I would consider it. But it's it's just a testament, right? Like like you said that uh, as well as her, but also Thunder Rosa, who was also great in the year, really. Fantastic. That they are on the show and killing it, and they are not even part of the official exactly. roster. Exactly. Although I mean, Serena Depp is now, but uh, yeah. We'd, we'd, I would have put Deep at number four, yeah, for sure. It's it's um, It says a lot that you'd rate two women who didn't weren't even working for the company for the majority of the year um, as as top wrestlers um it's 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 a weak division we know that we don't have to beat them while they're down um but what would you say to that jack about um hikaru shida number one thunder rosa number two anna j number three yeah um makes sense obviously i think we're an aw podcast um it best, does make sense best, that yeah. AW wrestler one best and the AW women's yeah. champion yeah yeah but obviously 
I did put Thunder Rosa first, and I just think that's because she's excited me the most in her matches sort of thing. It's been... Yeah. Hikaru Shida had a strong start. I loved the build-up to her being champ. Um, she is a good... She is a good wrestler. I think she's had a weak end to the year, and that mm. hasn't been helped by the fact with Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa coming in, and they are better wrestlers in my opinion. I've enjoyed their matches more. I've enjoyed their feuds more. Um, they're better talkers, um, I d- and that's that's, that's funny, harsh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's harsh to say to Sheeda. Um, but yeah, I just don't. Yeah, Sheeda's kind of, and I don't know whether it's because I feel like she's had her time now with the champ. I want to see a new champ. It's, she's kind of losing the effect for me. I used to like what Sheeda matches, and now it's kind of. But that's not her fault. That is. It's not her fault. Yeah, I was that's about the to say, that's exactly what I was about to say. She's had an uninspiring title reign for me. Yeah. But but looking back, it's purely because of the caliber of opponents. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And the times when I did get excited, where I thought she might lose it, with people like Anna Jay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or people like people like Abaddon. While while I didn't like the match, I was excited for the match because. You know, Abaddon came in with a gimmick, and mm. women that we've mentioned before as having good years are the ones that, um, you know, added some spice to her title reign. But yeah, um, they need to fix the division, and the you know the it would benefit everyone, even the people who are already good wrestlers like Hikaru Shida. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I just want to come back to a point about her promos. Hikaru Shida does actually have fantastic English, but um, I don't think they they utilize her promos a lot. So I don't know whether no. that's a conscious choice or Hikaru Shida worthy worthy winner, Patrick. Yeah, for me, yeah, because she's the champ also, yeah. but also she was able to, especially the match uh, with Nyla Rose, uh, that she carried her through the match like yes, a, a lot, yes. mostly, I really. That. Yeah, that, that was also for that me that a point. Was... Yeah, that was really good. It was mostly because of Shida, um, because she's able to do that. She couldn't do it now with Abaddon, but I think that was also, it was booked a little bit also like this. How the match was that she was supposed to be bitten and so but um yeah she, she's really really good wrestler well gifted wrestler but like you said before um these wrestlers we just mentioned that's just about it almost you know like yeah. in in the division and that's very very uh, sad especially when you have somebody like kenny omega in charge or seemingly in charge and then yeah they, they just they're not utilizing the talent they don't have enough talent they have to have talent from from another promotion uh, which are even better and uh, like you also said in in our first episode um that a cooperation with impact makes sense in in case of the women's wrestling division they have if they could join forces there they need to do something on the women's division and what i find also like that's also like for me if there would have been the most uh, uh, underutilized you said like the most underutilized it wouldn't be wrestler it would be just the women's division in general division because yeah. i i could do that as a collective because this is so sad it reminds me actually on uh, of the attitude uh, not the attitude era the um ruthless aggression era of uh, of WWE where the women just had one match or so on the card sometimes Brian Panty's match or so like stupid stuff but here also just one match um, you and me also made the joke always oh second match is a random w- women's match this week again we can go to the toilet you know that was always you didn't you, you weren't uh, there was no storyline in it you were not into it there was no build up to this this week is this match this week is this match as you said also before guys then a heel commercial was uh, uh, on the bottom on, on the screen where they promoted and that's just it like 20 minutes out of uh, 90 minutes not even 20 minutes like maybe 15 minutes women's that's way too less and they also need uh, women's tag team title or, or anything like that they made the tournament they should 
do something with that, you know. I don't think the design of the title helps. I think it's hideous. <laughs> I don't what know about you guys. The, the design of the of the women's title. Um, yeah, it's what, it's too I, small. Open, it's it's open too open much like a Joshi belt. Yeah, it's it's yeah again, which works in Joshi because they're of a smaller build. A lot of them, you know. The but um, you know when they put it on Nyla Rose, it's just like it look like you're wearing a toy. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's and and the shape, the opal shape, and it's. Um, yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't scream equality. So like you know, you look at WWE exactly. and the one thing they do right is the is the women's division. I think um, you know they produce some big stars out of that. I mean, the Sports Illustrated top ten we were talking about today um, when I talked about Eddie Kingston coming number ten, Sasha Banks came number one on that. So I think Bailey came around and completely deserved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Um, their match. I don't watch WWE. I watch Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. Like I subscribed to the WWE Network partially just to watch that match because I was excited about it, and uh, I think they i think pro wrestling illustrated i think they came i think bailey came number one on that um and in the women's 100 and sasha came like four or six or something but um yeah no um impact impact they need to uh need to bring the impact girls in and it's a mutually beneficial thing because then they get the exposure they might not otherwise have they get to wrestle in front of mini crowds so uh i know how that works with coming across from one state to another i've been wondering about this with the good brothers um whether they have to like quarantine for two weeks or something like do they have to then can they not appear on impact for a couple of weeks before because they're quarantined and ready to go on like or when they go back i i, I really don't know how it works but going between state lines because they all have their own rules and traveling between yeah. states uh, yeah. one that's got strict covid rules and one that's not so um we'll see it probably doesn't help matters but you know um we shall see are we ready for the number one the last award yes yes male wrestler of the year look lively jack look a little excited <laughs> and the winner is Hangman Adam Page. I think this is uh, deserved, but I think it's. I think he's had to fight for this, um, and I think that um, AEW, uh, the people in the people making the decisions about his gimmick and the direction of his storyline, could have pulled the trigger on it a lot sooner than they have. I feel like they've not fully done so, but. Congratulations to him. I mean, Cody Rhodes came second, just uh, as an FYI, um, probably largely but due to his uh, phenomenal kind of TNT title, promotion of the title and his matches with Brody Lee. Um, come to Jack first. Uh, what do you make of Hangman Adam Page as our winner and Cody Rhodes as our runner-up? Yes, um, I didn't put Hangman down for any of my nominations. I no. think his year is going to be this year, 2021. Yeah. Um, I think he's had a good year. Obviously, you can't, He's been tag champ for the yeah. large majority. I think the longest tag champ so far. Um, and yeah, he's he's had a great year. But I I put Brody Lee, number one, but that was more... He has had a great sentimental. year. Sentimental. Yeah, sentimental. Um, which I did think you guys were going to follow suit, but you haven't. So that's just... <laughs> the, more, the more, you know, honourable guy. I put Mox second because... <laughs> because Jack's just over here like, you guys don't want to honour a dead guy, but okay. Guess I'm the only one with moral fibre. Um, number two. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it would have been a nice touch podcast. The last award, wrestler of the year. Oh, it's Brody. Oh, lovely. And I, but that's not the way this has gone. No, we did not get that memo. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I put Mox second. He's been the world champ the the pretty much the whole year. Um, yeah, uh, and I thought he had a great reign, and he was the people's champ. And I just think you had to run that. And I put Cody third because of the work, like you said, he did with TNT Championship and putting people over. Uh, but Hangman, because obviously he won. Let's talk about Hangman. Great wrestler. He's got. I was about to say he's got a great great future. He's not just got a great future. He's had a great present and past. He's a great wrestler. Um, and everyone recognises that in AEW, and he will be world champ next, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think the reason I didn't put him was, yeah, because I think 2021 is going to be more his year. Now this storyline yeah. with Dark Order is coming through, I think he's going to join them. I think we all know um, that, you know, he's going to, we, we hope he's going to be the one to, you know, um, break out of the one-winged angel when his next match with yeah. Kenny's going to be and that's going to oh, be a significant yeah, that, moment. That would be great. Yeah, so that, I think, that would be great. Put him yeah, over directly. That's it. And I just think in 365 days' time when we're doing this again, um, he'll be number he'll one be, again. Yeah, he'll be number one again. Um, but I get you guys putting him. Um, and I, I mean, I assume Patrick put him as number two or number three because I yeah. think we all put... I put him uh, as number two, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all put very different wrestlers aside from that, which I think is why he's kind of managed to get top without being on Jack's list um, and only being one on number one on one of us, which was mine. Um, I, I think, I, I think he's. I just, I think he's the guy. Do you know what I mean? I really do. Um, I think Kenny Omega's had a bit of a lackluster year. Um, I think Kenny's the guy right now, but I think uh, I don't know. John Moxley's title reign was, while he's a great brawler, it just. It lacked something for me, and I think that was mainly due to the crowd, you know, jo- uh, not being there. John yeah. was uh, is a man of the people. He cut, he'd come through the crowd entrance, and you just took a lot away from him when you took away the crowd because, as you said, he was the people's champ. He was very much, you know, a people's champion. Um, and the styles and matches he had, it just they benefited from a live crowd. And he, I think, I think we'd be talking about John Moxley right now if there'd been a crowd, honestly, um, because I think his his matches would have translated better for TV with a crowd. Um, but I put MGF as number two. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I I loved. I mean, it goes hand in hand with him being one of my ones for the gimmick. MGF twenty twenty. Thought he had uh, just. I think the stuff, the out of ring stuff he's done with Chris Jericho has been gold. Um, as well as his match with Mox was my favorite Mox match of the year. Um, just because of the storytelling in it. Um, and maybe aside from the one where he won it, won the title um, at the very beginning of the year, it's it's hard to, it's hard to. Um, it's hard to remember that Jericho was actually champion this year in twenty twelve yeah, well, right. in twenty twenty. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, last year. But and uh yeah, and I had Cody as my third, so that's why Cody's crept on number two. Um Patrick, would you like to go over a couple of your decisions and uh justify yeah, your result? <laughs> yeah, mine is Kenny because yeah, I love Kenny, but that's just not the only reason for, for this 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 personal choice, but also I still think he is in ring the best. And this is I look more at Onto in in ring style, I was also thinking about MJF or something like, yeah. or even Cody is not in my list because Cody is for me. Sorry, Cody, not the best in the ring. Uh, he does great promos. He does tell great stories with the matches. His technique is not the best for me, but for me, Kenny is number one. Uh, Adam Page closely behind it because I love Adam Page already in New Japan. Like being um, not a massive guy, but like really a little heavier guy and still pulling off this move, standing moonsaults and shit, shit yeah. like that. Sorry, peep it out. And, uh, no, 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 yeah, don't. we're not, not going to bleep. We're just going to bleep the first one to be funny because I asked for it to okay. be bleeped. But leave them on and just put an explicit tag on. Fuck me, fuck, <laughs> fuck. 
<laughs> Great. So now, and uh, these were my first two, and then came the third one, which <laughs> I just did like maybe to provocate a little bit. Was so bad for me. Uh, it, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, <laughs> full yeah. name given by JR. Now he was uh, the guy with the most matches of the whole year. He wrestled the whole in the most matches. Is that He's true? also yeah, he wrestled like fifty or so or more than fifty. Was well, it around course. the count? And uh yeah. It's kinda like Joey Janela the other year. Last I think um yeah. was it Joey Janela? No, 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 it wasn't Joey Janela, it was Matt Riddle. Um before the year it might have been the year he signed for WWE or the year before well, the year leading up anyway he was uh matt riddle wrestled an insane amount of matches on the indie circuit and he obviously mm-hmm. doing um blood sport as well before uh, josh barnett took over um yeah uh, and and these guys you can tell as well like the i mean matt riddle's an incredible wrestler and i think jungle boy uh, again is you know you can tell that having regular matches is um really beneficial and he's come a long way and I, I probably could have if I thought about it might have considered Jungle Boy for most improved and I think the only reason I didn't was because I, he was already great the same reason uh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have put Butcher because me, yeah. he was already good but he has gotten better yeah. you know he has um, yeah very good wrestler yeah, very yeah. Guy. Jungle Boy was also no breakout star because he was already established is already an established guy um, yeah. but yeah yeah, the future also like looks really future, good. Yeah, him, him and MJF. Him, him also Guevara, there. Yeah. yeah, MJF, Sammy, uh, Darby. Uh, yeah, these well, people, yeah, yeah. all these young people, and Ricky Starks also. Yeah. Will Hobbs. We could go count on. I think these. This is and this is the nice thing. Just to wrap it up, maybe a little bit also. This is also a nice thing to see. They are established wrestlers. They're bringing in Sting, and I just hope they're using Sting or utilizing him to benefit. In this case, maybe Darby to bring Darby a little bit more over or strengthen his character whatever they're doing with it but this is this is the way they should do it and not like uh yeah the stanford connecticut thing again bringing uh goldberg back in into the game (laughs) and just upsetting everyone which is really not bringing uh, building new stars or anything just using the old ones to to make a, a box office draw so yeah yeah, no, um, I completely agree and concur with everything you said. Um, you know why JR calls insists on calling him Jack Perry against uh, oh, no. against right. device? It's because he said um, one day this guy's going to be thirty six years old. Do you know what I mean? And we can't be calling him Jungle Boy at that point. You know, he's uh, he's JR's anticipating at some point he's going to have that breakthrough. Uh, breakthrough moment where he stops becoming a boy and he becomes a man but you can't exactly it'd be too corny to call him jungle man you know so uh <laughs> he said at some point he's going to start using his Check off name the jungle. I, want, I want people to i want people to know it when that time comes you know what i mean when he wants to be jack perry and not um which is fair enough i mean he does take it on yeah. himself to to give people the names he wants a lot like willie hobbs no one's called him willie on uh <laughs> on, uh, on tv before but jr just decided his name should be willie hobbs and well Will, Will hobbs is actually okay with it he went to um, he went to Twitter and said, "My mum calls me Willie, and if it's good enough for her, and if JR says it's good enough, then it's good enough." Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe that was conspiracy theory time. It might have been part of the reason behind the name change was to Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> was just to get um, JR to stop calling him Willie Hobbs because it was hurting him a bit. But yeah, um, yeah. Congratulations to Hangman Page and all our winners. I think big winners wise, uh, Eddie Kingston winning two awards and um, Anna Jay I think featured on three, um, even though she only won one of them. But uh, breakout uh, female of the year. I think she was third place. Was she third place on female of the year? 
All the ones she was eligible for, essentially. Um, most improved. Most improved. Most improved. Breakout and yeah, and yeah. best of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good year for uh, AEW. Big. Good year for AEW. Very good year for AEW. As I said, I think they've done one of the best out of all the promotions. And here's to a even better 2021. Hopefully, with yeah, crowds at hopefully. some point. Well, bigger crowds yeah. at some point. Right. Right. And hopefully also. That's that. That was the most downturn, not the most, but one of of the biggest things downturn for me when they said, "Yeah, Fighter Fest will be this and this weekend." Oh, in, yeah, and then they said, "Yeah, yeah, we actually it was planned to have it in the UK, and in this would have been the occasion where we all have met and got, got there." So ah, uh, that's yeah. But okay, that's something they they thought about it. They already had a plan to go there, and that's just great to see that it. on the horizon coming. Yeah. We'll uh, tell you what we'll do uh, if we're still going. That that will be our aim to be still going when they come to UK, and then we'll have we'll have a man on the street outside uh, trying to get interviews for the podcast. Patrick, um, I'll be at the bar. I was literally just about to say I think it should be Patrick, but <laughs> you were. Uh, I could have I could have saved you the embarrassment by not saying that, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be having a beer with Hangman. Yeah, oh, I think he's more of a whiskey drinker. I drink whiskey. You can have a milk with Kenny. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine right. as well. That's uh that's that then I suppose. Um Great. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us for another another f- riveting episode, even though it's uh not an official episode and we should have um episode 2 up soon. Uh which will really be part 2, won't it? Because we've uh had um New Year's Smash Night 1, New Year's Smash Night 2 coming soon and they'll probably be uploaded around the same time along with this episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Patrick. Thank you, Tom. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Jack. Also to Jack. Thanks to the listeners. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as much as we did. And yeah. Yeah, you gonna you, you, you can do the sign off if you like. Oh no, I don't want to. <laughs> you got the honor. <laughs> I don't have a catchphrase yet. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, we need a catchphrase. Do Kenny's. Uh, uh, Kenny's. I was I was going to do Rick from Rick and Morty's, and that's the way <laughs> the news goes. Um, Kenny's. <laughs> goodbye and good night. Bang.